Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And what a good morning it is. The Utah Jazz won. How about that? Went to Minnesota, got a win. Second time they won in Minnesota this year, two out of three. Somebody's going to have to win a home game in that series pretty soon. Jazz take control in the third quarter, 38-24. Not the best defensive game the Jazz have ever played. There's issues there. Terry Teague had a heck of a first half. Um... You know, quick guards are still an issue, especially when the five man's pulled away from the rim. But you know what? Worry about that another day. The Jazz moved the ball. They shared the ball. The offense looked like it had some rhythm. And guys hit shots. And the bench, let's give it up to the bench. I thought the bench came in and gave them some quality minutes. Um, three of the four guys really scored it. Uh, three of the four guys did a decent job rebounding. Three of the four guys blocked shots. Three of the four guys had assists. I mean, you know, it was, it was a solid performance. If the bench plays like that, they'll win more games. Minnesota's not a great team, but again, that and the defense, problems for another day. It's a win. It's a small step forward. Take it. Warriors are coming in on Friday, and then the Jazz are off on the road. Uh, we're going to hear the best of postgame show coming up, but right now, how about some college football? BYU getting ready to play Hawaii. In Hawaii, I think this is a difficult bowl game. I had mentally pen- penciled in this bowl game as a win, and then as the season played out and it became more likely it was going to be Hawaii, and as Hawaii kept playing better, they've won nine games. Looks a little tougher. They're nine and five coming into this. Uh, here's Isaiah Kafusi talking Cougar football. Just prepping for finals. <laughs> oh yeah, it's that time. Isn't it? Yeah. How is that going? It's good. Yeah, it's going pretty well. You know, this has been here for a number of years now, and so I kind of know how it works and just really pace myself and really prepared pretty well. So I'm not, you know, really flustered trying to game prep and get ready for finals. So. How would you describe just kind of the tone of the practices last week, the vibe? I yeah, they uh, they were really intense. Kalani sat us down um, in a team meeting and just said, "Hey, the the number one goal, um, you know, going moving forward and, and really for the bowl game is to win the game." And so we really, you know, the whole team was, um, you know, kind of bought in. And a lot of times, you know, you see guys who are like, "Oh, it's the bowl game," and we'll just kind of go through the motions and we've got finals and this and that and. Just kind of, you know, are really lackadaisical about it. But Kalani was really adamant about, you know, us knowing that this game was a game to win. Uh, it was a game to play for the seniors. And so, uh, you know, this last week was – it was a work week for sure. I mean, we got after it. Um, you know, wasn't as physical as we, we have been. But speed-wise, it was – I mean, it was 100%. You know, men- mentally it was 100%. We had to be locked in. And, and so it was, it was – I thought it was a good, productive week of practice. Does this – Obviously, it's not months like you have in spring, but does it kind of feel a little bit like that where you have several weeks as you prepare for one opponent? Does it feel a little bit like preparing for the first game of the year? Yeah, yeah, in some ways, I think. You know, we've got a lot of time, you know, this last season, you know, preseason, we had a lot of time to prepare for Utah. And so kind of the whole, um, you know, scouting and and the game plan was really focused on Utah. And so it's kind of the same. Last week was really... Um, focusing on us and what we needed to do better. Uh, this week, I'm sure, you know, coaches have the game plan now knowing who our opponent is. And, and moving forward, it'll be a lot just, you know, prepping for, for Hawaii and for the bowl game. Um, and so I, I like, you know, having, you know, several weeks. I, sometimes I think, you know, a week is, just goes by so fast, um, you know, during the regular season. So having, you know, a few weeks I think will be a benefit for us. Do you care about playing Hawaii on their home field? Does that make any difference to you guys as players? No, no, it doesn't. I, I think we were just excited to know who we were playing. You know, we, we really don't care who it is. We were just excited to, you know, be able to get another game for the seniors. 
and um, you know, regardless of where it's at, it, you know, Hawaii playing in Hawaii, we're, we're excited to just play another game. Did you have a hunch last week that it might be Hawaii, or were you surprised on Sunday? No, I, I mean, I didn't really pay attention to a lot of the speculations on who it could be. Um, you know, heard people saying SMU and Hawaii, UCF, but. Um, you know, glad it's Hawaii. Like playing against them, we played them the last few years now, and uh, great team. I mean, they this year I think they've really, really stepped it up. And quarterbacks, you know, returning starter, and played played against them last year. And you know, I'm just excited. You know, I think it'll be a good game and, and good competition. That's really what, what I'm excited about. In practice, did was there any prep at all for Hawaii? Like. <clears throat> kind of like speculative like we might play them no no it was really yeah just focusing on um you know what we needed to improve on from san diego state you know i think there was a lot of things that um we, we could have done better and things that we we really need to, to be better at and so last week was was really focusing on ourselves and and really cleaning up the little details within you know our team that offense that they run I guess we call it a run and shoot, although it's not really a run and shoot, but it's really unique. Yeah. That, I'm assuming you've maybe watched a little bit of it on Saturday or something like that. What what kind of stands out about it? What makes it so unique, I guess? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, they have just a lot of solid players all around. Um, you know, they have a 1,000-yard receiver, and, and the next receivers are all pretty close and, and receiving yards, and their quarterback's great. You know, it really, I think the offense really starts with their quarterback. You know, I mean, he uh, he's just got you know thirty six hundred yards passing this year, and he's just I mean he's a stud. You know he's really tall and lanky, and I think that he you know kind of gets the offense going. You know when he's when he's on. I think last year um, we, we we dominated them because I think we kind of understood you know that he is is their their role player, and so um, you know that's just how that their offense is. It, it starts with the quarterback. And so uh, hopefully we you know, get after him this, this year and, and really just prevent him from, from being really good. There's a balance there. You guys have, have done a lot of the rush three, drop eight, try and you know, make those windows small. But if you bring a lot of pressure, then you know, Coach was saying that, that gets the ball out quick, but you yeah. need to make him uncomfortable. As a defense, how do you strike that balance between really getting after him to make him uncomfortable versus the risk of you know, quick passes and, and, and that type of success? Yeah, I mean – for us, I mean, we'll play whatever call Kalani or, or Tsuyaki really wants you know to, us to play. And so, um, on the field, we're not really thinking as much like you know we just get the call and we know how we, we need to execute it. And so, um, you know, for them, for the coaches, I think it's really you know wanting to to utilize you know the players that we have, you know Max and Peyton really coming off the edge, but then also being able to drop them into coverage. So I think that they've been. Um, a huge asset to our de- our defense is because you know they're playing on the line and they're playing defensive end and they can get after the quarterback and and they're 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 hybrid linebackers. I mean they play linebackers and and uh, you know they also know how to drop in coverage. So I think that's a huge benefit for us. Uh, I think it was a good change. Um, you know, kind of having them play those two roles. I think it, it allows us to to get after the quarterback, but also. You know, drop eight. So it makes the, it makes the coach's job a lot easier for sure. Last couple questions. So, your dad played for Utah, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. What was the mood at the Capusi House uh, Friday in that game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. You know, we growing up, I, I always you know enjoyed going to Utah games and um, really the culture that I think Coach McBride has established there. It, um, 
you know, Kalani's kind of established a similar culture. So my dad really loves that. But he, you know, it, it was a bummer. We, we were rooting for Utah, and, and um, you know, obviously it didn't work out for them. But, you know, it's kind of a win-win. You know, you don't want them to win, but you do want them to win. And, I mean, you know, just, you know, their program has come a long way, and, and it's, uh, you know, fun to see them. You know, fun to see guys that I, I've grown up with who are on the roster, got a cousin on the roster, and, you know, cheering for him and hoping that he, you know, could – could maybe you know have a potential you know college playoff you know chance to go just play in the playoff but uh you know it's just the way the way it is you win some and you lose some how excited are you to have a bowl week in play i'm really excited yes growing up so my dad when he was at the u his uh my first bowl game that i went to was the hawaii bowl It, it was the hooters bowl so uh obviously it's changed now but um you know i get to take my wife and my son you know, to the Hawaii Bowl. So that's kind of cool. You know, that was my first bowl, and now it's my son's first bowl. So that, that's fun. There's the Cougars' Isaiah Kafusi getting ready for the bowl game in Hawaii. When we come back, the best of the Jazz post-game show and Aggie coach Craig Smith coming up, talking about the game with BYU Saturday later in the hour. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. The Utah Jazz go to Minnesota and get the job done. They get the win. Congrats to the bench. I thought they were pretty good. They've had some really bad games. They've had a, It's been a horror show for them for long stretches. But in Minnesota, they came through. They all had a plus-minus positive, and it was all double digits, plus 12 or 15 for Moutier. So good work by the bench. Uh, and the Jazz really scored it. Here's the best of the post-game show. On 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Jazz picked up a much-needed victory last night over the Minnesota Timberwolves, 127-116. to 116. The Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell, 30 points on 13 of 20 shooting. He had uh, six assists to go along with that. And that was the theme of the postgame show uh, with Tim Lacombe and I last night, ball movement. It, the blender was back. The ball was popping. The Jazz finished the night with 23 assists, and it made a huge difference, even against a Minnesota team that's not playing the greatest defense in the world. It was good to see the Jazz getting back to playing what resembled Jazz basketball. Let's get you some post-game sound. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. You know, we talked a lot about moving the ball. I mean, it's something that, you know, we've done and um, guys spacing so that we can move it. Um, and then, you know, for the most part early on, I thought we did a good job defensively. We had some breakdowns and gave a few things up, but Rudy really protecting the rim was something else, particularly at the beginning of the second half. So it's a good, good win. What can be said about the guard play tonight? Joe Ingles right out of the gates as well, just with a huge attack mode. Well, they were they were fine in pick and roll, but it wasn't you know very immediate action and possession. So that usually, when we move the defense a little bit, it gives those guys a chance to um, to attack in a, in a better spot. And um, it was good to see Donovan cutting back and Joe as well, and being able to find people on the perimeter. I think we had more catch and shoot threes tonight than we did in a while. And, that's a, a function of guys having their eyes out and, and playing together. Your bench had a really good performance tonight. What do you think was the difference this game to you know, maybe last? Um, well, it, it, you know, every game's a couple games, a few games ago, our bench has played well and um, played well tonight. And we just got to find consistency. But I thought they competed as much as anything. There was a lot of emotion and um, 
you know, George knocked some shots down. I thought Ed was good defensively. You know, Jeff took a matchup. Emmanuel really, I think, if anything, he set the tone. Um, the way that he was getting in the lane, but, but also making plays for other people. You said before the game that maybe focus was missing last no, game. No, I didn't say that. I said we weren't very good, right? <laughs> maybe because of focus. Okay. I don't remember what I said. Okay. Um, I'm but trying to feel today, good about did you that. Feel like that um, yeah, I, I thought at the end of the second quarter, um, and really at the end of the game as well, we can do a better job, um, you know, thinking. You know, we put ourselves in a position, when, you know, particularly at the end of the second quarter, where they, you know, had three threes, and you know, and I don't know what they scored us eleven straight buckets, or eleven straight points, I should say. And I thought the end of the game as well, we just have to maintain our focus during those times, even when we, you know, get a little cushion. I always like the ball movement. Yep, no question. <laughs> There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder, and uh, he started off his comments right there talking about ball movement, finished his comments talking about ball movement. You could tell that uh, Quinn was much more pleased than he has been over the past couple of weeks uh, in his post-game remarks as his team comes away with a victory on the road. Let's now let you hear from Donovan Mitchell. Um, we played a full game, uh, I think, you know, from, from top to bottom. We obviously had some mistakes with, with Teague and whatnot, but we're still building and still learning. But, you know, we played together, moved the ball, shared the ball, shared everything on both ends, and I think uh, also makes a great team. You guys had more catch-and-shoot threes tonight. What did what was the difference there? What was key to that? Just being unselfish having you know when you get into the paint having you know vision and being able to be aware of what's what your surroundings are and you know trusting one another that was our biggest thing and we said and we did it but um it's one game you know so we gotta be able to do it in a consistent pace consistent basis but you know it's a good start yeah one game but we saw the blender how good was it to see the blender yeah uh, it was really good to see it. you saw the guys in the bench screaming yelling we're yelling during the game you know it's just a lot of fun when we play that way and as long as we continue to get back to it you know i think we'll be in good shape but um you know, we just, like I said, it's, it's one game. You know, we played very well, but it was one game we got to be able to do on a more consistent basis. Jim got a lot of the ball early and then mm-hmm. seemed to open maybe things up for you late. Did yep. you see that? And was that yeah, kind of game I think just being able to not be so, not have the ball as much hey, and kind of get off. 10, 10. <laughs> um, to get off the ball, I think, is um, one of the things that helped me. It opens up a lot more for me, too. allows me to kind of create off of the ball, you know, and not have to work so hard to kind of do so much on the ball. And I think that was one of the things Joe and I really talked about, just being able to share that. And then when Mike is back, I can do the same thing. But, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just being able to make it easier on ourselves, for sure. Is that ball movement basically the key? Yeah, for sure. Ball movement, talking on defense, being able to to get out in transition, and Big Boy did his thing with locking down Carl. When you do that, you know, it makes our lives a lot easier. You got really excited for Rudy's dunk there in the third, where he kind of dunked over him. Why was that dunk? Just because it's a it's in it's a I won't say intimidation factor, but it's like it just shows like I'm here, you know. And he has been doing that all game on the defensive end, so for him to get one on the offensive end, I think was huge. Not only for him, but for us, kind of just show like he's making presence felt, and I think. 2016 now he played very well did his job on the defensive end but um, for us to, to give him that like for him to get it like you know be able to want to and bro I'm trying to give you a compliment over here nah. um, but yeah for him like like I said for him to get those easy ones on the offensive end like it gets him one it gets him going on top of that and it just lets us know like big boy's here to play what gets you more amped up a huge block shot from Rudy Gobert or a dunk like depends on it depends because there are times where he blocks it and you know become 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 normal to some of his surreal blocks and then when he dunks on someone it's kind of like you know like, I'm more of a fan of Duncan because you know but like, so I, I, if I had to choose I would choose a dunk for sure thank, thank you, you.
That was Donovan Mitchell, who was fantastic last night. 30 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. He was 13 of 20 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, and uh, really lifted up the team as they played uh, a much different brand of basketball last night. Let's now let you hear the walk-off interview with David Locke, Ron Boone, and George Niang. What were you saying after hitting those corner threes was busting everybody up tonight? Oh, no, I was just getting myself jazzed up. You know what I mean? It's It's been a while since all of us have been feeling good, so it felt good to, uh, you know, have a big lead and, and feel like we were rolling. A reporter asked Quinn Snyder tonight in the pregame how important it is to have George Niang, who makes people laugh and has everybody loose when things aren't going great. What's your answer to that question? Uh, not that important. That guy's replaceable. No, I, I mean, I, I take pride in, in, you know, keeping this uh, group uh at a you know a spot where they're mentally just happy and uh, you know life is too good to be upset so you know we got to come in every day work hard we have we have a great life but you know I'm a jokester as you know David Locke so is that corner three your 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 spot because before the ball game you were like what is that that is like nine for nineteen from the three from the corners yeah you know it, someone once told me there's money hidden in the corner so you better go get it <laughs> so, sounds like. Uh, Millsap said years ago, I heard you can make a lot of money rebounding. Yes, 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 exactly. Thank, thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, you just That's George easy. Niang with us. Great interview right there from George Niang. Uh, hilarious. And uh, you can tell he's trying to have kind of an attitude that uh, that makes him fun to play with and uplifts his team a little bit. He was a perfect three of three from three. Three of three from the field. He had nine points. Up next for the Jazz, they take on the Golden State Warriors on Friday night. That was originally scheduled to be a late night game, uh, a nationally televised game. The NBA has adjusted that. It will be your normal 7 o'clock start time here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Pre-game coverage begins at 6. There's the best of the Jazz post-game show as they beat Minnesota. When we come back, Utah State and BYU this weekend. Utah State basketball coach Craig Smith with PKNI next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by Utah State basketball coach Craig Smith. Coach, good morning. Good morning, DJ. How are things? Things are good. Probably not as good as they are in the Aggie basketball coach's office, 10-1. and one. You know, you've kind of been missing a key player well, early in the year. Did you expect 10-1? and one? Uh, I really, know, I didn't really know what to expect, except for my voice to be hoarse. Uh, uh, you know, just kind of went into the season with a with an open mind. Obviously, very high expectations um, for us this year, and that's a great thing. Um, but with Kada, you know, with his knee injury, we weren't sure exactly uh, what his timetable was going to be, when he was going to be back, and obviously, there's just so many things that go into it with the doctor giving clearance and your athletic trainer and not only those two pieces, then, then Kate up being mentally ready to go uh, and obviously physically. So uh, obviously we're excited where we're at. Um, uh, we play pretty good basketball and, and we got a tough swing coming up here with our next three games in particular. And um, starting with BYU, who's playing 
uh, as good as basketball as anybody in the country right now. So you mentioned that BYU game. Obviously, that's going to be at the Jazz home floor on Saturday evening. I think 6 o'clock is the start time. Looking forward to that game. What's the status of your big man going forward? Uh, it's really day by day. You know, he didn't play last night, and he could have. Um, so, you know, we expect him to be out there ready to roll. But at the same time, it's just a day-by-day process with him. Obviously, he just got clearance to play his first game uh, on last Saturday against Fresno State uh, on a limited basis. And so, um, you know, the next day he didn't have any swelling and everything looked good. So that was a great sign for us. So we're just taking things day by day with him. That's not cliche. That's just where he's at um, with his process uh, on the way back to being full strength. So you got BYU coming up this weekend. Obviously, they've had the coaching change, and I wonder what you see that they're doing differently. I think anybody who watches a little bit sees, wow, defensively, this is uh, much better to hell Nevada to 42 points for a team that often was giving up 75 or 80 points. That's, uh, that's surprising right there. What else have you seen? Well, they just have a little bit of a different style of play. Obviously, we're, I mean, even though we're relatively new, you know, to this whole thing, uh, we did play Utah Valley last year and we played BYU last year. So, um, you know, Coach Pope has done a great job. They have a great coaching staff. They're very well coached. Uh, obviously, Coach Rose is the same way, just different styles. And so, uh, but they're very, very good. You know, they, they were, they were very good last year and they have, return everybody and they add a guy like Jake Toulson and Yoli Childs comes back after declaring from the for the NBA draft. So they have it all. They're defending at a very high level. Um, they have great chemistry and camaraderie. You can tell those guys have been playing together for a while. Um, and and they can really score in a lot of different ways. When you have a, 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 little, a legitimate NBA player in Yoli Childs that can – Score in so many different ways and just brings them so much versatility because he can score it inside, he can shoot the three, he can handle, he can pass. And when you have a five-man that can do that, but he has the versatility also to slide over and play some four, that really sets up your team. And then Jake Toulson, of course, transfers in you know, from Utah Valley and Kansas offered him, and my understanding is Duke offered him, and da-da-da-da-da. And, and, of course, we played him last year, and we know how good he is. And T.J. Haas is very good. They got the transfer from Arizona. So, you know, they're very balanced. They're playing, nine, they're playing eight guys, 19 or more minutes a game. Um, uh, and they have four guys that are averaging over 10 points a game, and they're shooting 41% from the three as a team. So there's a lot to be said for that. They have great momentum right now, and we're going to have to play very, very good basketball to have a chance to win that game. I view the Aggies this year in the Mountain West as Nevada was last year, coming in off a very successful season the prior year and have a lot of hype. And going forward, I can argue very easily that every team you play for the rest of the season, if they beat you, it's going to be their best win of the season. And they're, So the point being, they're going to come into these games really amped up to play you guys. You're going to catch nobody by surprise anymore. What's it like in terms of having that mental preparation, knowing that going forward, even at the rest of the non-conference, and then you got, you've already played some, but then as you get into the heart of the conference season, you're going to be everybody's p- opponent that they're marking. 
Yeah, certainly, especially, you know, early, we were ranked in the top 25, and you have all that stuff, and we've taken, you know, it's, it's interesting, because going into games, you see teams play this way, that way, the other way, and then they come and play us, and we're, and we're getting a lot of people's best shots. There's no doubt about it, but that's just part of the deal, and we have to embrace that. That's part of um, part of that deal, and so you got to be ready to go every night. I think that's one of the things I'm most proud of with our team and our program is is we come in, we play hard, we play unselfish, we play disciplined, but yet at the same time, I think we have a really exciting brand of basketball. Uh, we love to get up and down the floor. We really share the ball, uh, and we play connected. And so uh, I think it's exciting for our fans, and it's been a little bit of a learning curve, although, you know, last year we did finish – uh, winning 17 of our last 19 games, and one of those losses was in the NCAA tournament. And so, you know, on the back half, I think we learned how to handle success and understood how you need to show up every day. And at that point, we weren't really sneaking up on everybody. But it is a little bit different this year, there's no doubt. And on top of that, guys, we've just had kind of a been a bit, a bit of a bizarre year. You know, Kata is out and you're trying to manage that whole thing. And then uh, the guy that was our starting center, Kuba Karwalski, goes down with an, you know, has to have an appendectomy. Uh, and he, you know, he's a 7'3", uh, really a big-time rim protector, moves really well. And so he's out three to six weeks. And so now all of a sudden we're down to our, our quote-unquote third-string center, who's a, a, a redshirt freshman. And, and and we've just been managing a lot of different injuries and ailments. And that's part of the deal that every team goes through that, uh, and we're in the thick of it right now. So our guys have done a great job adjusting to being thrown in different positions that maybe we weren't anticipating at the start of the year. Well, if it really gets tough at center, i just throw Sam Merrill in there because it seems like he does everything else. Yeah, well, Why not? Well, we just. We actually did do that a little bit. We threw him in the post a few. <laughs> we thrown him in the fo- post a few times. I'm like, why not? Like, usually good things happen when he gets the ball. So he was working on his little baby jump hook and uh, dropping dimes out of the post, which was unique to see. But then you look at a guy like Justin Bean, a man a double double, almost 15. The thing, the number that jumps out at me, and 15 points is nice. But the 12 boards a game, how important has he been for you guys in the absence of the big guys that you just spoke about? Oh, he's been uh, he, he's been phenomenal, and and you know the other night against Fresno, he played 45 minutes, played every second of the game, um, and you don't necessarily plan on that going into the game. It's just kind of how it works out. But you know that guy. I told some people the other day, he's a cross of, you remember the wrestler, the ultimate warrior? You know, he had the crazy hair, the makeup on his face. You know, he had those straps around his biceps. Like, he's kind of a cross of the ultimate warrior and Dick Butkus. Like, he's just everywhere. And um, he, he's just the ultimate Gator guy, uh, incredible competitor. And he has a nose for the ball. And... Having a nose for the ball, it's like being a great middle linebacker, right? That guy just finds the ball and tackles it. And, and he's an elite, elite rebounder, uh, excellent defender, and his offensive game is really um, taken off to a whole nother level. And so you could see flashes of that last year with Justin. Um, certainly down the stretch, he was playing a ton of minutes. He was on the floor. Uh, in the Mountain West Conference Championship game, down the stretch of the game, and at the end of the game, and so 
he embraces what you know Utah State basketball is, and he's a great teammate. And our guys just love playing for him, and he's been huge for our program, certainly at the end of last year, and, and obviously this year. You know, the three-point shot has been a uh, has just been taken over basketball. Certainly the last five years, probably trending that way for longer than that. But the last five, it's been incredibly noticeable with what the Warriors have done. And everything gets copied. Kids see pro games on TV. You're shooting 23s a game. Is that a number you like? Would you like more than that, less than that? Uh, It just depends. I don't, you know, I'm probably different than most coaches where they kind of have a certain way they want to do it. And I just, to me, it just kind of depends on what the game gives you, you know, and and we like to say our style of play is the winning style. So if that means you, you win 90 to 87 or you have to win 64 to 57, you know, you got to be able to win a lot of different ways. Certainly we want to be able to shoot the three and shoot it at a high clip. Um, but at the same time, if teams are taking that away and we can get to the rim and get fouled, right, or, or shoot layups all night, you know, we'll take that. So, um, you know, we, we dictate our personnel in a certain way. So, so we have multi-dimensional guys. Most guys on our team can step out and shoot it, and, and shoot it pretty well. But if they're going to overplay that, we'll take what they give us that way. So, it just kind of depends on the game uh, and what they're. You know, Brock Miller last night shot 19 threes by himself, and so uh, which is a school record. But that's what they were giving us. So, you know, he's wide open. We're taking those shots, obviously. So, it just kind of depends on what we're given that uh, against that given opponent. So Sam Merrill does a lot of different things for you. We've already discussed that. The thing that I like about him, and I want to get your comment on it, is his toughness because I see him as just a tough-minded player. Oh, he is. He he is. We could talk for an hour on Sam Merrill, uh, and and he's got all the great shooter and as good as great as a shooter he is. He's an even better passer and and playmaker, and just makes the right decision every time. And uh, but that is what's sneaky about him. He is super, super competitive. Absolutely can't stand losing. And uh, I remember getting hired here. Obviously, anytime you're new somewhere, there's always going to be transition. And we had four or five guys leave our program. And and I met with Sam the first day, of course, and met with his family. Uh, I think that next day. And because uh, I, you know, the the. There was a lot of people trying to get trying to get him to transfer, but you know he grew up an Aggie fan. There's a lineage here with him, and he wanted nothing more than to bring the Spectrum Magic back and 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 get Utah State back on the national scene. And all that dude cares about is winning. That's all he cares about, and and nothing else matters to him. And so, how many times do you see he's the most unselfish quote unquote star? that I've ever coached and I've been around some really good players and, and he just, he just always wants what's best for the program. There's a lot of guys, you know, he's averaging about 20 a game just under that this year, but last year in league play, it was over 20 a game, right around five assists a game. And yet every night out, he wanted to guard the other team's best perimeter players. And nowadays there's not a ton of guys that want to do that. And I just think that speaks volumes as to where he's at and, um, and just his mentality. And with Sam, whether it's this year or five years from now or ten years from now, 
nothing will surprise me as to what he accomplishes, whether it's in basketball or the game of life, because he's so smart and so competitive, and he won't accept anything less than the best. Craig Smith, Utah State basketball coach, joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. you got a half dozen international guys on your roster. Some of them came through uh, community colleges here in the U.S. Some did not. How do you find players from Canada to Australia to Portugal to Poland to Suriname? How does that work while you're coaching a team and recruiting across the U.S. and then trying to track all these guys, too? Well, uh, a couple of those guys were here before we got here. Obviously, Namias Keda is from Portugal. Diogo Brito is from Portugal. I think we have two of the three uh, Portuguese players playing Division One basketball. Diogo was recruited by the previous staff, as was Roche. Um, finding Nimi, we caught a break. Obviously, he was being recruited by other schools, but they kind of passed on him, and we were fortunate enough to get him. And I think it helped that Diogo was here just from, you know, there's some familiarity, uh, but they both speak Portuguese. Who knows what they say sometimes uh, under their breath. Um, obviously, we got a guy from Australia and Poland, so on and so forth. And we have to have a great staff. We've done a good job, I think, of, of, of looking under rocks, so to speak, and building good connections and building a great name. I think that's part of it, too, is – is when you travel halfway across the world, wherever you're coming from, you better have a good reputation as a coaching staff of developing players and recruiting great kids and understanding we'll take, you know, we have their best interests in mind. And, and Utah State's a great place that way, right, where we open uh, people with open arms and, and take good care of them. So uh, fortunately for us, it's, it's made a very much of a positive impact for us. And I think in an underlying, in a, in a different sort of way, I think it's really helped our our chemistry. We have tremendous chemistry in our program. And when you have a, a group of 15 young men from all over the world and all over the United States, um, and, and then about, you know, about five, six Utah kids, and you blend them together, I think it's amazing how you can really accept everybody for who they are and what they're about. And I think that really helps with your team chemistry. As I look at BYU, I think the big advantage that they have this year is they got a bunch of seniors. The last few years, they just haven't had any seniors, guys leaving for overseas, guys transferring, whatever the case may be. And this year, they pretty much everybody they run out has experience, if not been in the program, for years. How much more difficult does that make that to play them when they have all this experience? Yeah, it's a veteran group. I mean, when you the only real new, you know, you got the the Arizona transfer who's got a new lease on life, you know, and Jake Toulson is, is obviously new to the BYU program, but he's a veteran in their system of play, having played for Coach Pope at Utah Valley. And so uh, it appears, you know, that it's hard to replace that experience. Those guys have been there. They've done that. They're playing with an edge. Obviously, it's a very determined group. And they have a bunch of, you know, uh, they're similar to us in that they have a lot of high IQ guys that really understand the game and they and they know how to play. And and when you look at their roster and the way they're built, it, it just makes sense, right? This guy does this and that guy does that and this guy does that. And all of their strengths come together to really gel for the best of the team. And 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 I think we have that too. We're not as experienced as those guys overall, but 
there are some similarities in terms of both programs and um, just been very, very impressed. And, and I got a lot more film to watch uh, on BYU, but uh, been very, very impressed from what I've seen from them so far. Aggie basketball coach Craig Smith joining us here on The Zone. You know, the NCAA tournament, uh, they switching up how they do things. RPI is out and what quad is a team in and all that. Obviously, the number of at-large bids for the non-Power 5 leagues has been shrinking here over the last few years. Do you think you built the schedule to get an at-large bid if you don't get the automatic bid? Uh, yeah, if we do well, but you got to win. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to take care of business. There's no doubt that our schedule this year is tougher than last year, and we had one of the best schedules in the country last year. Um, you put the schedule together um, with that thought process in mind, right, and to prepare you for conference play. And so um, when you looked on the preseason, stuff, you know, Florida was ranked top five in the country or at least top ten early on. LSU, top 15 in the country. St. Mary's, top 25 in the countries. And BYU is, is really, really good. And, but you don't exactly have a crystal ball as to do who's going to do what. Right. Um, South Florida is ranked in the top 40 in uh, preseason uh, and so there's a lot of things that go into it, but at the end of the day, you can schedule super tough, but if you don't win, you're not getting in. You know, last year we, we beat UC Irvine on the road um, pretty handily, and that ended up being a quad one win for us because it was a road win against the top 70 net um, opponent. So there's a lot, of, a lot of things that go into that deal, but at the end of the day, like, you have to win games. And... And fortunately for us, so far, we've been able to do that. So who do you think has more hair, Coach, you or T.J. Hawes? Uh, T.J., clearly. I mean, it's just harder to tell because his is so blonde and mine's brown. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. We get a lot of – obviously, I'm very falsely challenged, and I had no shot, guys. Like, my dad was bald. My dad's two brothers were bald. My mom's three brothers were bald. My mom's dad was bald. Like, it's just one of those things. I'm the oldest of five boys. All five of us are bald. Like, it's just, I feel so sorry for my kids. They're screwed. But uh, uh, although my wife's side of the family is okay that way. Um, but, you know, our staff, it's, we, we get a lot of grief. I know they did a big promotion for our Fresno game where they were giving away those, I don't know what you call those things, but, like, basically rubber things you put on your head so you look bald but um our staff is kind of politically challenged and our sports information director is and it just seems like you go of course scotty g um <laughs> has some struggles that way as well so it's kind of like everywhere you look around utah state we got we got a lot of bald guys so uh it makes it for fun and gives it uh we can rib each other at a good clip no ha- is beautiful though boys bald is beautiful <laughs> that's what i hear remember that Uh, no hair but already 10 wins so you know you're not going to trade those away for hair you can just make all the jokes you want and keep winning we'll take take the w's take the w's we'll take the w's coach we appreciate a few minutes thanks for joining us and we'll check out the game saturday all right hey thanks for having me on fellas have a great day go aggies there's aggie basketball coach craig smith when we come back what is trending all the headlines this is 97.5 and 1280 the zone